0: Very welcome to the Locker Room Podcast. Uh, This is podcast number 64. Uh, We've got Ross Bennett here with myself, Kieran Dealey, uh, both from DealeySportsScience.com. We're going to be speaking about designing the microcycle, which will be quite interesting. We'll be uh, speaking about designing the microcycle, the training week, in other words, in professional football and also in the GA world. Um, Just to mention, first, head over to dailysportscience.com. We've got lots going on there for our members at the moment, online CPD. Uh, We've got a new coach, beginner coach vlog series. Uh, We've just announced details of an offer for Performa Sports Analysis Suite with 10% off for DSS members also. Um, and anybody who's looking to sign up at the moment, we actually are running an offer uh, 40% off of Deely 40, so capital D-E-E-L-Y 40 for a 40% off subscription, um, which will be ending very, very soon. So make sure you check out that, deelysportscience.com. Ross, just first off, uh, congrats on your new job with QPR First Team, Head of Sports Science. We won't, we won't speak, I suppose, Particularly about QPR because that's your professional work that you you're, have to look after and hopefully get as many points as possible in the championship. Um, but I'm sure we'll kind of dip into bits of, of your experience across different teams, different clubs, and different setups. But anyway, congratulations again about your new
1: position. Thanks, Kies. Um, You and many others are still congratulating me three, four months on. So it's, it's very surreal. Um, You've got to remember I've been at the club for, for over nine years now. So, but no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's obviously very different to the academy stuff. Um, and it's been a little bit of shock to me in terms of the, the pressure and the, the cutting edge of things and every point matters. So but thoroughly enjoying it and working with a great staff.
0: Great, good stuff. Okay, this is a really interesting topic. We're going to have a slightly shorter podcast today, I think, because it's a nice little uh, particular topic. Um, We spend about half an hour speaking about it, the microcycle. And for anybody who doesn't know what microcycle is, it's just basically the training week, usually a week-long period. First of all, Ross, who designs the microcycle in in your particular experience? And we might kind of chat about um, different setups and different clubs that we've been involved with.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, I think that the short answer is the, the manager um, or, or the head coach, you know, they're, they're going to design the training week, what they feel is best to prepare the team. Um, depending on the setup of, of where you're working, you might have a manager who oversees things and a head coach or, or someone who's on the grass doing most of the coaching that would take an, an interest and active role in designing that. With the use of the MBT, which I'm sure we'll come on to, or you might have a manager who's very hands on and wants to coach and coaches 90 percent of the time. So essentially, they're going to design the training week, but with the support of the coaching staff, the sports science staff, um, the medical team, you know, around certain individuals and the team as well.
0: Yeah, and and how does that happen?
1: Like in it,
0: like if in your experience, for instance. You've probably experienced a manager who has come in and kind of said, okay, look, this is this is the season plan or this is the macro cycle plan. There's probably other. we've both experienced coaches who will come in on day one and kind of in some ways nearly expected the plan to be in place from a physical development point of view from your SNC and sports scientists or maybe, you know, from the academy director designs the, the kind of season plan or the micro, the macro cycle, the, the, the micro cycle. It, like, what's the optimal way of that happening? I suppose.
1: I, I don't think there's an optimal way. I think that, like, essentially the managers there or, or whoever's in charge of the organization is there. So that they're they're, 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 um, their jobs on the line like their heads on the block all the time for, for getting results or developing players or whatever t- uh, capacity you're in so they're going to design something they think's right for that training week or, or certain weeks across the season now i think you have to think about like we always work backwards from the games so your training week's always going to differ depending on the games you've got like even now we've got games on tuesday night obviously the saturday sometimes wednesday night sometimes friday night so there's not that there's not a in stone week that you go by week by week there's there's an ideal training week that we all kind of agree on and work towards but you have to work backwards from the games and also you have to have a little bit of flexibility in there for giving players a few days off if they do really well and a little bit of incentive like that so there's lots of things in the mix Um, but I would say you know the manager and coach will put out their ideal training week week by week and then it's down to the support staff to advise and and either tweaking it or the content within it to make sure the players are ready and, and ready to perform.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. I think in, in the GA world at the moment, so much emphasis is being put on the SC coach, and, and it's never the sports scientist. You don't hear about sports science, it's just the, the SC coach. And I think a lot of coaches and managers really lean on the SC coach now to kind of design out the training week and the macro cycle plans. Now, maybe the Gaelic games are a little bit different in that it's more physical. Based than skill-based in terms of in comparison with with professional football. And I think that makes a difference. But I I still think that, you know, the best coaches, the best managers are the ones who will come along and they have a really good, well, first of all, they have a really good understanding of physical loading. So they'll have knowledge in that area themselves, but also they've got an idea and a, a plan in their head. And like you say, you nearly... The physical loading then can kind of fit around that, can wrap around that program, uh, but it it doesn't always happen in the in the GA world. I think.
1: No, I, I think that the GA world will probably come away from that slightly. I, I don't think the SNC coach should be designing like the whole week. Yes, the physical loading is really important, and and it might take time for certain coaches and managers to upskill and understand that. But I think if the SNC is designing the whole training week, I think there's you're definitely missing certain things within the week. Um, yeah. So, the, you know, the best coaches I've worked with and I've worked with loads and obviously the current manager now is excellent in terms of um, the periodization and, and how the loading fits into it. But then it's about the support staff then saying, okay, this is what you want from your team at the weekend because there's lots of different things that fit into that. What happened the last game? Like, how are you going to rectify certain things you saw from the last game? How are you going to prepare for the next team? What sort of style are you going to play? Are you going to change your formation? So there's so many things that fit into it. The Physical loading is really important to prepare them, but you have to take that in. Consideration of everything else. Yeah. It's interesting
0: you mentioned about the game because when I was uh, manager of the London senior football team, like every week, you kind of work off the game. Like, first of all, the schedule, scheduling of it. So, whether we were flying back to Ireland to play a game or we had a game at home in London, first of all, the scheduling. But you could never plan too far in advance about the actual content of the, the sessions because it really does matter if you get absolutely cleaned out in midfield on kickouts in the previous game obviously the first thing you're probably going to work on then on tuesday night or wednesday night is you know kickouts in the center of the park so the game really does dictate and and also like the tactical information in preparation for the next game obviously is is going to be number one you know uh, probably more than the physical loading
1: yeah, 100%. And that's where the, the sport, I, I call them a sport scientist, I don't really call people, yeah. you know, I think a sport, good sport scientist is very well um, accomplished in SSC, also understanding, like monitoring and, and pitch loading. So, but that's where the context comes into it for sports scientists. So if, if your first night due back, let's just call, talk about the Gaelic now, is meant to be a real high load physical session, and yeah. everything, you know, you've got a 90 minute session where everything is foot and floor to the max but you need to work 20 minutes on kickouts. Well, the intensity is going to come down a little bit there, but, mm. but that's okay because what do the team need to get better for the weekend? So mm. that's where you work your, your physical parameters, and your intensity around the session and you discuss things. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I, I do, I, I mean, it's it can be a, di- a little bit different
0: in academy, obviously, and, and in, in youth development, whereby you can nearly, and we've spoken about this before on other podcast episodes, where you can set out a kind of uh, a curriculum across the season and specific things that you're going to work on at specific times of the season and also at specific points of like a six week phase or macro cycle let's say you know you might be more focusing on defending attacking transitioning or 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 you know we we, we have it slightly different in in qpr um, about the different practices you know the stock practices that we focus on um, but can you do that in, in adult, in first team level then?
1: I think you can. I think you can. But I think it, it depends on what the players need. And, and same for the youth, youth teams. You know, when I was coaching the 16s, you would have stock practices that were scheduled in for the next six weeks. But if, for example, um, we were getting beat over the top, our back four, they weren't tracking runners or their line was too high or they didn't read the trigger and someone went to go long – then you have to work on that. So within your stock practice, that has to be the focus because if you just neglect that for three, four weeks and things don't improve, ultimately then players are going to fail. So I think there has to be flexibility within within the long-term plan to be able to give the players what they need. They might be fairly good at attacking in the final third and you might have that On the agenda, but they might need something different, switching play in possession or breaking lines or whatever it is. So you just tweak accordingly what you're going to do at academy level. But at first team level, it's all about improving the team. What do they need now for the next game to go and perform and get three points?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, really interesting. Just while we're on the tactical stuff, we might as well touch on it uh, now before going into the the, speaking about what's actually involved in the in season um, microcycle. Uh, I mean, when I was working in the GA, in general, I would say if we had two pitch sessions during the week in, after a game and then in preparation for the next game, in general, I would have worked higher load on the, well, for us, it was Wednesday night, which we'll speak about in a minute, but the first session of, of the week, I would focus more on our defence and how we're going to set up and everything like that. Um, phases of play, more small-sided games, etc. cetera, uh, more contact. But then on the second session, then whether that's a Thursday night or the Friday night, the last session before the next game, I nearly always focused on, on us, on our attack. And so that was like phases of play, uh, scoring 2v1s, 3v2s, 5v3s, you know, work like that where it's players are getting success and you're kind of telling the players earlier in the week, OK, this is what the opposition team are doing. Here's how we're setting up defensively against that. Uh, but on the last session, then here's how we're actually going to win the game. Here's how we're going to like exploit their weaknesses. Does it, I'm interested, how does it work like at first team level in professional soccer or, or, or even in academy level? Is it different?
1: Yeah, well, I think like doing the direct comparison with the first team stuff is that you've got more time to work the players. So like you've got thinking the game, you've got two sessions to prepare your team, essentially. It's on a part-time yeah. model. I think that if you utilise your coach as well, you can affect both in possession, out possession in the same session. So, you know, you, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of clubs are doing things like unit practices now. So you might have, you might have your team set up across the week about how we're gonna, as a team, stop this team from playing. But I think you have to really focus on how you're gonna affect them, you know, how you're gonna really like put your game plan on there. So that can be drip, drip fed throughout the whole week. I don't think that has to be split through different sessions, but you can work on your units and then bring them together and work them at the same time. So if you've got a coach working on the back four and whatever their strategy is, or the back three or back five, whatever you're playing, and you've got a coach working with the midfielders, and then you've got a coach working with the front line, looking at movement in behind and combinations, when you go into a phase of play, all those coaches are still coaching those specific units. So everybody's getting affected throughout the week. So I think it's down to resource. It's down to having good quality staff who can manage those units and, and get the coaching points across. But I I think the the most positive thing on the Thursday, Friday, how we're going to win the game, how we're going to take the game to them, is obviously the most important thing. Otherwise, you play in fear and you constantly worry about the other team, and that's that's where the analysis has to be very, very um, clever. But you have to do analysis on the opposition, but you don't want to overload the players and instill fear on them. But same time this is where we can exploit this is where the weaknesses are we're good here let's be really strong
0: yeah i think that's interesting because if you use the analysis to kind of pinpoint areas of weaknesses in the opposition areas that we can exploit um that's how we go and win the game obviously you want to also you know identify their strengths and you're thinking that well how do we nullify or dampen those strengths that's important but i mean from listening to different eddie jones and people like that with the england rugby team where he speaks about analysis sessions should never be more than like you know 10 minute maximum 15 minute bite size get the players involved which we did a lot you know when we were involved with um with london J and everything i think that's the way to go rather than long you know dull boring kind of analysis sessions
1: yeah, I mean, like just in recent experiences, like we've seen analysis sessions three or four times a week, but 10, 15 minutes before training, and then also mm. more interaction from players on, on different pages, on different platforms that you can use. We used Huddle at London where players can interact and talk about not only their own game, but the, the, the team game plan as well. So the more bite sized stuff you get and the more interaction you get from players, the more they're going to buy into the process and, and, and aid learning. It's just to aid the stuff you're doing onto the pitch, really.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's heading more in that direction where you have like specific position? specific coaches or, yeah. or, or like just from day to day that the, 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 the coach who's looking after defenders maybe on another day will look after the attackers how does it work?
1: Yeah, I think I think that there's gonna be like and I'm seeing it not only at our place, but also across you know across the country now, where you've got a, a coach who's in charge, a lieutenant in charge of the, of the back line, a yeah. coach who specializes in the midfield, a coach specialized in the front line, and then the manager who oversees the whole pie and and yeah. also set pieces as well, that's becoming a big thing. So I think those specific like coaching lieutenants, as long as we get the, the personnel right and the quality there and the trust between the, the manager getting the message across to those units. I think that's the way forward. And, and it's something that we always championed at London, the unit work, you know, from yeah. six, seven years ago when it wasn't really a big thing. Um, I yeah. think it's essential because you can't, you can affect people in different units in team practices, but you can't necessarily coach the detail all the time. And you have to go back to the lab and, and give these players like every bit of detail to succeed in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Okay, just uh, jumping in then to the actual in-season um weekly, weekly micro cycle, like the model, I suppose in, in Gaelic from our experience, what we previously did, like you say, it's a good way of saying it actually, it's a part-time kind of model whereby you'll have game at the weekend, two pitch sessions during the week, and then usually two gym sessions or, or maybe one. Um, I mean, I've, we did for years as a player with Rexford, we would have trained on the pitch Tuesday and Thursday nights, match on a Sunday um, and gym sessions would be Monday and Wednesday, uh, with Friday Saturday off. Let's say I know other teams would probably train. They do something on the the Saturday as well. You know, maybe set pieces and, and uh, your setup and everything. I know lots of club teams, for instance, in the GA world would have would do where again two pitch sessions, and that would be a Tuesday and a Friday. And like that's where just purely the logistics come into it where. Guys are, you know, heading home from Dublin or wherever they're working on a Friday evening. So it means that they can train on the Friday evening and then match on the Sunday. It may not be the optimal way, but it's kind of with the constraints of it. Um, I uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll come back to what what we did then at different times, but it's obviously very very different then when you're coming to a professional setup, whether that's football or, you know, basketball, rugby, whatever it is, where you have so much access to these players. So. Essentially you've got a a blank sheet of paper to kind of design what you want really within the constraints of the games.
1: Yeah, of course. Just first of all on the Gaelic stuff. Like I always like push to you as well. I know culturally it's very different, but I think they should be training three times a week. I think that like with the definitely with the counter teams because Like it's so hard to fluctuate the, the physical loading across two pitch sessions when you have to get your work in and set your team up. So we talk about intensive, extensive, and, and stuff like that. But that kind of goes out the window a little bit on a, on a Thursday or Friday night when you have to go through phases of play and set your team up for the weekend. So, yeah. You know, yeah. when we did the monitoring, players were covering quite a bit of high-speed running leading into a game, which yeah. they got used to. And I'm not saying it's an issue, and, and we're there to push the players as well. But yeah. I think if you if you had three sessions across the week, you'd be able to be a lot cleverer with unit work, a lot lower-intensity stuff, and fluctuate the load a bit more. And then, yeah. then you're yeah. bridging the gap of the full-time model. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it is really interesting, actually, because generally the games are on a Sunday, obviously, in, in GA. normally teams will train on a Tuesday. So, for instance, you train on a Tuesday and maybe a Thursday and then something at the week, match again at the weekend. But, like, Tuesday then is match day uh, plus two. So, it's like 48 hours or a little bit more maybe after the game. You're probably going to, like, you probably want to have your high load session earlier in the week, far away from the next game. But that means then that you're, like, in my career with Wetford, Tuesday night is your hard night. But it's 48 hours after the previous game. Yeah. Like when you think about it I look back now and go wow like we were being pushed hard two game two days after we played a full national league game you know which is which is madness. Now not always we we often yeah. got kind of recovery and stuff but I remember other times we had recovery sessions where you just do the first half hour or 45 minutes. But then that means that you're not training properly actually until maybe Thursday night, you know, or even Friday night. One one session leading into the the next game, then.
1: Yeah, I I think looking at it now, like you definitely should do something on the Tuesday, but obviously it's a lighter session. But that's where you can yeah. differentiate between the ones who played a lot of the game and the ones that didn't on the Tuesday night. And then you have a Wednesday night session. So the Tuesday night session sets you up for Wednesday and Wednesday's your, which was the day we had on plus three. But, you know, apart from a gym session, players didn't do anything until the Wednesday. So physically, are they in the best shape to come and train that hard on the Wednesday? It's probably not an ideal scenario. Um, Then you get your hard session on Wednesday interspersed with the stuff that you want to work on for the weekend, and then then it's a decision then where does your gym programme fit into it? Maybe a Thursday night with, I would say, Friday off, and and you train light Saturday before the game, so Mm. I I know that's culturally not done previously in Gaelic. We did it a couple of times, um, and um, I don't think we had any adverse effects, but you you just have to think that players uh, only perform to what they're used to, so any new that comes in, it's going to be a shock to the system, and something could go wrong. Don't, Don't get me wrong, but once they get used to a certain training schedule that the body adapts and the body's used to that so ideally each yeah. session is tuesday wednesday saturday morning if you can without travel if you travel yeah. saturday train travel after play Sunday, you've got Monday to fully recover. Tuesday you have a light session for the starters. Yeah. Non-starters can do some more. Wednesday you give everyone a good a good hit of of a hard session. And then you bring it right down Saturday. So you split that kind of um you you, you split that second session over two smaller sessions if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's really interesting. I wonder could you even get to the stage where the starters on a Sunday could have Tuesday off. You know, so instead of them traveling Traveling to do a recovery session, maybe they stay at home and they recover. Um, yeah, m- maybe. Yeah. <sighs> But then, then the then dynamic think,
1: of the group, you know. Yeah, of course. Then I think you might say, okay, well, then we're going to do Tuesday for non-starters, Wednesday and Friday for the starters because they need to get two good sessions in. We don't, Saturday for the game going to be very light. So yeah. that's where your schedule needs to be flexible. And then obviously your gym program in there. I, ideally, after a gym session, you'd probably like a day off if you're doing one gym yeah. session. Here. So all these, all these things go into the mix. Huh? It's, it's, it's really interesting. I, I mean, in fairness, you can do a
0: Tuesday session where you do your analysis, you do your, you know, kind of maybe a nutritional talk and maybe whatever it is, the starters can have their recovery, maybe a tiny bit on the pitch. Um, the other guys, then you non-starters, like you worked them harder and then in preparation for the next day. But, but I, I, I agree hundred percent in that it's getting those guys used to it because in GA, we're not used to actually training two days in a row or training the day before the game often. Um, so it's just kind of cultural change like that but it's really interesting I, I could see that kind of thing coming in more as as things get more and more like professional um, and and you're looking you're trying to identify what's the ideal schedule for the starters and the non-starters okay we'll jump in because we haven't got that we we'll go down rabbit holes um okay so, so yeah just like what's in your mind what's I suppose, again, what's the optimal, even though it's hard to know what is the optimal or what's what's the typical then?
1: Yeah, interesting. There's kind of two schools of thought, really. And I think everything kind of um, is now derived on this tactical periodization that Mm -hmm. kind of came out um, from a European model many, many years ago. And a lot of top coaches have taken that on board and essentially just like a manipulation of space and and intensity throughout the week uh, without going into like the the terms that they have. I, I don't think that's too relevant. But essentially, there's the traditional model that would have a Wednesday off, so middle, middle, um, middle of the week day off. So you train Monday, Tuesday, train Thursday, Friday, lead into to a game Saturday. If you just got a one game a week. Now, typically, then on the Monday, like we just spoke about, there the starters match day plus two would come out, do something on the pitch. Some clubs um, have the the starters on the match day plus two indoors completely. I think it's good for them to get outside, get a little bit of technical work, maybe do some unit work, forty five minutes, very very light, a couple of K. Um, and then they can go in and get their soft tissue and, and, and do whatever recovery stuff that, that that they need to do and get good food on, nutrition, et cetera. And then the non-starters can actually train fairly hard. So with the non-starters, you actually front load the week. So Monday, they'll probably do more of an intensive session. So because the numbers are going to be 10 to 12 left at mm-hmm. half the squad, you'd probably do a lot of 6v6s, different possession games. And the, intensively, they work quite hard. So axial details would be quite high, etc. cetera, et cetera. That would then lead nicely onto the Tuesday where that's your hardest session of the week. So people talk about having like this extensive, intensive split. I don't. I think we need to just simplify things and just say, right, Tuesday needs to be your hardest session of the week. Yeah. I love large sided games. I think Tuesday is perfect for 11 v 11s, but it doesn't always have to be 11 v 11. You can do lots of different practices based on your game plan, whether that be a face of play, counter counterattack yeah. running, um, defending the space in behind. But then also, you know, put some intense small-sided games on there, so you get a little bit of a mix of big spaces and small spaces on the Tuesday. But that—that's yeah. your day to really work the players. Yeah. Um, that, that,
0: that's where people now are. You know, the, the phrase phraseology is like a blended session. You know, it's like a mix of, of intensive and extensive, and maybe it goes back again to what we said there about, well, what do the players actually need for that week or for that session? It, it might be a mix of both. It might be more focused on defending. It might be more focused on uh, in possession. It's, it's whatever you need that specific day and week.
1: 100% but I think you have to like from a physical perspective go by certain principles so if you want to get so certain things for example including a match at the weekend we want to get two game loads so a game load throughout the week of, of high speed running ideally on the Tuesday so you're giving them 100% of match load high speed running on the Tuesday but also you're giving them quite a high game load of XL details. so that session's quite quite packed but you're yeah. right it depends on depends on where you are in the week and what they've had previously and certain tweaks you can make to it um Then they would typically do some sort of gym session on the Tuesday. So like a maintenance gym program, um, Tuesday afternoon, um, Wednesday off, so recovery. I like from a psychological perspective and even personally having Wednesday off in the week, Mm. I think it refreshes Mm. the mind. Um, You're only in for two days. You have a real hard session on the Tuesday for players and staff. You put a lot of effort into that. You get Wednesday off, Thursday you come back in and Thursday you you, you take things down. So you think the Monday has been really high load for the non-starters, Tuesday's been high load for everybody. Thursday then you start working at like half of game load. you yeah. there's going to be some extensive in there but you try to minimize the extensive work the D cells the volume of that you try to minimize that and you start preparing and tapering for the weekend so Thursday's like 50% of, of game Friday then is approximately 30% so you're looking like yeah. 3k but interestingly and something that you know recently I've you know been lucky to witness is that those that aren't starting on the weekend they can do a little bit extra on the Friday as well because mm. unless someone gets badly injured, and I'm not saying you train them like hard, hard, but an extra game yeah. of small sided games, they're probably only going to come on for 30 minutes. So yeah. The mm. Monday session, the Friday session, extra, the Tuesday hard session, they're getting bits of work throughout the week. So you yeah. know when a player's called upon, they're ready. Really? They've not been forgot
0: about for three or four weeks. How how do you find that with the non-start? Like so the, the, the guy who knows he's going to be in the squad on the bench and knows that he could potentially, you know, come on in the first half if there's an injury or whatever, but likely to more likely to get half an hour. Let's say, do they mind doing extra on a Friday? Are they happy? you know, to stay sharp and keep their fitness up.
1: I think as long as it's done in the right volume, so they would only still go up to like 4k, which when we was working in, in still E3, everyone would probably do 4k and a match yeah. one, so it's still low. Um, and they're getting specific work, you know, with 10, 12 players. The fullbacks are getting RPs. They might do some crossing and finishing. The fullbacks are getting some crossing. The front line players are getting some proper finishing work. It might be a little bout small sided games. So it's mm. very very minimal work. It's not hard work on the Friday, but I think they they like it because they know they're being cared for and their long term like development. And yeah. Development is being looked after as well yeah.
0: how do you find about if you push those non so in other words you're, you're dipping in small bits of extra work throughout the week rather than going right we're going to blast them on a on a monday a match day plus two you know yeah. and that that's where they make up the work how do they find then do that extra little bit of work on a monday which is match day plus two and then again having a very high load on a tuesday
1: yeah it's interesting because you know the the sports scientist in us would say let's keep monday fairly low um, and prepare them for tuesday but when you're looking to to really push performance and make sure those non-starters are maintaining high fitness level because the match gives you a lot of load that's hard to actually try and replicate so they actually like end up covering five six k on on the monday and then another seven eight k on tuesday so their 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 front load of the week is really heavy but then thursday you come off them more so their thursday is probably like a bit of a taper for them and then the friday they do a small dose of extra work and then the saturday depending on minutes they get plus any extra running just from a high speed running or axle diesel perspective so i think culturally it takes a bit of time to get there but it's been really well received and it really does bridge that gap between the starters and the non-starters to make sure they're ready
0: and it's a big challenge isn't it because well uh, even mentally if those guys feel like they're being left out of the whole kind of setup it can cause issues within a whole group and the dynamic. And and also, obviously, they're not prepared then to come into a game and perform. So it, it makes it difficult. Um, yeah, Sorry,
1: just on top of that, before I go on to the other model, like it's important that if there's regular people not starting, so like obviously there's going to be certain rotations. There might be like 15, 16 players that are rotated regularly and depend yeah. on little injuries and stuff. But if there's like five or six players that aren't playing regularly and they're only on the bench, it's important. we said it before that you get games in for them like every three yeah. weeks with, with our B team or the 23s. Or if you're in a senior setup, can you get a friendly and you drop some yeah. junior players in or or whatever it is just to make all the reserves just to make sure that they do play you know a yeah. game every so often because you can't replicate that game. You can't. Yeah. As much training as you do, you still need to give them game exposure.
0: Yeah. So so even like an 11 v 11 on a, on a Tuesday, for instance, against your B team, reserve team, under 20 trees, whatever is is advisable in that situation.
1: Yeah. And and it's important that even if they play with, like you set up a resi game and you play them for 60 to 80, 70 minutes, because like yeah. you could do a 40 minute in-house game, but it's only a 40 minute in-house game. So if you want yeah. to be able to play for 60 minutes plus, you have to expose them to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, very briefly then, those non-starters, are they hitting more or less, you know, comparable weekly loads? And, and also, what about um, immediately post-game, you know, home games and away games?
1: yeah so with, with that extra training and with the with the the, the post running we do you know after the game which is a mixture of extensive stuff and trying to get up to some top speed stuff and some like shuttle based work for yeah. but their intensive and extensive markers are normally very comparable with the starters sometimes if yeah. not a little bit higher but yeah. the one thing that is hard to get them up to is the distance so yeah. if someone's you know got a clear training week and they play a 490 at the weekend they might get to 32 34k a yeah. non-starter might get to 26 to 28 but but that other metrics are there that as high. Yeah. So it is something to to, to look at. And it, there are windows of opportunity where you can give them some longer aerobic work to, to keep that base going mm. So that, to say, yeah. yeah, that load is, is important over time. And that's that's your job as a sports scientist then to really look at those loads over time and say, okay, yeah. what do the players need and, and how are we going to get there? How are we going to keep them at, at good physical condition, really?
0: Yeah, I suppose that long slow distance as well, maybe in international windows or little little particular windows where you can kind of get an extra little bit of work into them when the when the starters are more focused on recovery, for instance, exactly. is, is possible as well. Okay, uh, just then moving on quickly to well, the other model. I suppose, which is more a European model, where you're 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 bringing in the players more throughout the week and on on slightly different days.
1: Yeah, there's there's a model that keeps the the same amount of days coming in. So some people would like work up until like Wednesday. So Monday kind of recovery session um tuesday wednesday so tuesday and wednesday being your harder sessions have yeah. thursday off and that's where people tend to do an intensive extensive or extensive intensive split yeah. and then thursday off and then really so tapering down for friday really light now from a physical perspective it looks really nice on paper and, and it, you know you have your recovery session you yeah. I personally would do extensive on on the tuesday and intensive wednesday but some people flip it around yeah. but but I just think from a coaching perspective, mm. Thursday is a key day to really hone in on your game plan. And like not many managers want to have that minus two off the pitch because yeah focus is on now we've got 48 hours here's we can actually get a little bit of work into and work on our game plan on Thursday Friday yeah. We concrete and cement some of that learning on how we're going to win the game so you have two clear training days going into the game so yeah. I'm still in the mindset that I like the Wednesday off um yeah. obviously at top clubs some of them go all the way through and just have one day a week off so i yeah. come in for Monday and just do active recovery in the gym they train then a four-day lead in Tuesday a little bit lighter Wednesday a hard day taper Thursday, Friday. Um, Sorry, sorry, Ross. If a match
0: is on Saturday, they come in on the Monday for recovery and then...
1: Yeah, or they come in for Sunday for recovery. Sorry, Sunday.
0: Sorry, sorry. In on Sunday for recovery and then they potentially have Monday off and then they go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday
1: leading all the way through or you have Sunday off and you come in for Monday for recovery yeah and Tuesday onwards but then then the non-starters will probably go five days training into a into a game so but again it's what you're used to and a lot of like top premiership clubs have been doing that so their bodies are arguably able to do that and then you're pushing the boundaries a little bit so yeah there's different models there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I I do have to agree as regards I like the players and the staff having the the match day plus one the Sunday off just to be with their family psychological downtime Um, and if you're doing enough work throughout the week and enough coaching, having that Wednesday day where you can again spend time with your family go and do your shopping, go and, you know, whatever other interests you have in your life and, and kind of unwind a little bit and recover from a tough session on the Tuesday, you're ready then and fresh and ready to go at it again on, on the Thursday. So actually the traditional model kind of uh, suits. Just briefly then, Ross, we've kind of touched on the, the well, we have touched on the starters and non-starters, um, the the multi-game week. So if you're playing on a Tuesday, a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday,
1: yeah that becomes um uh, quite hard then the schedule becomes quite relentless then really because essentially if you play saturday and you've got a game tuesday everyone comes in sunday so you know because you've got to see what's happened in the game there might be a couple of players that felt something that might need yeah. to come and be assessed and you just need to you need to see where your squad's at basically ahead of going into tuesday so not all the time. Some clubs would give Sunday off, especially at certain times in the season, but more often than not, after a Saturday game, you'd come in Sunday. The starters then would be indoors or, yeah. or a, something we've done very recently. We took them out for a walk for like a 15-20-minute walk, especially when things have been going quite well. It's quite nice from a social perspective for to starters to go out and we all have a, a little stroll around. Then you go inside and do your active recovery um and you throw everything at them really in a multi-game yeah. week yeah a- aside from a lot of the, and i know a lot of research is still coming out about cold water immersion and, and how you know it, it might blunt adaptation and it's actually not the best thing to do but i think in multi-game weeks you've got to think everything we chuck at these players yeah you have to chuck at them because you have to do everything you can to make sure the players physiologically and psychologically ready to perform again on tuesday so yeah I mean,
0: you're not worried about adaptations and all there, aren't you not? You're just thinking of getting that player ready for the next game. So you're, you're kind of throwing the kitchen sink at them, you know, giving them whatever they need. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And look, we we all know that sleep, uh, nutrition, hydration are the, yeah. the, the most biggest pillars for recovery. We know yeah. that's something that you're advocating to the to the team all the time. Yeah. But all those other little things—soft tissue massage, active recovery, um, so light like stretching, ice baths—they're only going to help psychologically as well as physically. They're not they're not going to harm in a multi-game week. So. Yeah. Why would you not do it? Um, And then Sunday then, so as they're doing their recovery, you'd have the training group for the non-starters like you would on the Monday. Um, And then the Monday that week would become a a match day minus one. So preparing the team for the game on Tuesday. Then you'd get a day off on the Wednesday um, and you then assess again. So match day plus two. So depending on where your squad are at and how physically they've exerted will depend on what the starters from Tuesday night do on the Thursday. So have they played Saturday, Tuesday, 1990? Do you want to keep them inside? Um, or do you want to take them out and do some light active work? Or do you want to train a little bit? Um, so there's options there and you have to be a little bit flexible in the schedule. And then you go back into to the Friday match day minus one. So, on, there's so many of those in the championship you don't actually get time yeah. to train your players like your main players you're literally just recovering giving them good info game plan um, review the last game look ahead let's prepare for the next game it's the non-starters that get the most training and the most input so yeah. when you get a free week to train it's amazing because you know you can really start to develop the players not only physically but their, their understanding certain tactical stuff you can put more load into them
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really interesting. Okay, Ross, we leave it at that. I think that's really fascinating kind of insight into professional sport and also, you know, having a look at the the GA part-time model as well, the amateur model. Um, really really good information there so thank you very much okay thanks for to everybody for listening remember head over to deelysportscience.com and you can see all our services there and remember um, use the coupon code DEELY40 for 40% off membership that's D-E-E-L-Y all caps 40 for 40% off Ross thank you very much and we'll um, catch
1: up with you soon cheers kids